What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Coming off of a short week, we uh, just recorded a few days ago, and here we are again. Yeah. Beautiful day in Las Vegas. It is a beautiful day in New York City as well, Matt. You going to be getting outside at all? I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do the same. It's, it's really been uh, beautiful this week. Vegas is back, baby. We got, uh, it's just like old times. Oh, by the way, last night was mm-hmm. two years to the day of shutting down. Wow. Yes. March 14th, 2020. So yeah, it was a sentimental show, if you will. It was great to be back. I know. I know. It feels like we're almost back to completely normal. There's still a little bit, you know, masks here and there. And, uh, you know, well, Obama just got COVID, he announced too on Twitter. So, um, you know, it's still out there, the virus, but uh, right. it does feel like we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy of i'm telling life. myself it's over like i'm just trying yeah. to will it away yeah i think a lot of people are doing that man <laughs> yeah i think so too <laughs> i don't um, know if willing it away works but i'm trying so hard yeah i don't think yeah. scientifically it works <laughs> but probably not can you hear me okay by the way uh yeah yeah well i was just making sure because last night i walked out on stage no sound no sound no sound what happened <laughs> You know, I actually never figured it out. Like well, that's the scariest thing, I think, right? <laughs> because at least if you know what the problem is, you can fix it. But if it's just like a fluke and you're like, "Well, everything seems to be working, you can't find the weak link in the the chain," right? How do you replace it or make sure it doesn't happen again? I think it was just like a weird fluke where like cuz I know I flicked the microphone on, and a lot of people have it in a locked on position, which I don't never really had the need to do, but I know I flicked it on right before I entered and uh, I walked out, no sound. And I don't remember if I toggled the switch again, but maybe it got stuck like at the halfway point or something and didn't go all the way oh, on. Sure. I think it was on my end. I don't know, but I had a handheld brought out and I used that f- for a couple of minutes. Then they ran out another um, like lapel mic to me, which I was able to you know, finagle on, you know, run it up under my shirt and clip it onto my belt, which is like not a pretty thing to do on stage always. No, it's very awkward, I think, to like be like, let's 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 feed a wire down someone's clothing. <laughs> right, right. So uh but I did it during sort of a uh a musical interlude. So oh, it wasn't okay. at when you know, a short moment where other things are happening and lights mm-hmm. are flashing and I can kinda Weasel it on. And uh, so anyway, it was an interesting first few minutes. But um, people love that, man. Yeah. You know, like that's what live theater is all about. I can I tell you the truth? I loved it. Well, it's it's different for you and trying to figure out a problem on stage. You know? Yeah, it was actually really fun. And and I had something similar happen one other time uh, since we've reopened. So it's not a common thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um. And I think I handled it a little better this time than last time. And I look forward to when it happens again, because now I know certain things I'll do differently again. Yeah. And hopefully handle it even better. But honestly, I was having so much fun with it because I was like, this is different, you know? Now, did you address it? Did you have a line you said? Yeah, I think I said, um, because my scripted line at the moment was, um, 
it's always been my dream to be here. You know, something to that effect where I'm sort of thanking the audience and thanking them for being there and saying it's always been my dream to be exactly right here because in Las Vegas, we have the best sound systems. Yeah. Funny. So like the, I, I kind of just fed off of what I was uh-huh. already saying because um, it's kind of funny. You say you've always dreamt your whole life to be somewhere and like something's not working, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but no, there were several lines because it was a comedy of errors with um, just kind of each microphone being brought out and then. You know, I got brought out the handheld, but that wasn't on either. So I had to oh, wait, turn that on. You know, it's like a whole thing. And then uh, the second lapel mic wasn't on. So I didn't know if that was going to work. Then I flicked it on and it did work. So it was like, you know, it was just a whole comedy of errors. I don't remember exactly what all of the uh, banter was. But basically just having fun with it in the moment is what it what it was all about. Yeah, that's great. Did it, yeah. it, it started right off the bat, too. Right off the bat, literally. <laughs> walked out on stage, welcome everybody. And I just was shouting. Now, do you, which is fine too, because the room's not you know yeah. big enough to the point where you can't shout. So now, do you do like a sound check, or does someone do a sound check prior to you coming on? Yeah, everything is checked from yeah. like the the music tracks. Each speaker, I think, is like individually like walked by and checked. I believe oh, all wow. that stuff, and everything checked out right up until the moment I walked out. So like, I honestly do think it was it was yeah. just like a weird something with like the switch got maybe like a crumb got stuck <laughs> and the switch didn't go all the way over when I turned it on. I think it was something that simple. Isn't that weird? You got to just stop having snacks over your microphone I, pack. I wasn't the, having any in snacks. The, in the I don't know what room. happened. <laughs> maybe my jacket grazed it and turned it off. I don't know. But uh, yeah. it was uh, it was funny nonetheless. So It's funny yeah. you mentioned that. I was at, um, uh, we're recording this a little bit early. I was at Monday Night Magic last night and uh, one of the performers, a friend of mine, David Gerard had also a mic issue but he oh. again as a pro you know he just addressed it with a quick one-liner that killed like the joke was hilarious and then he just like he's like i got theater background i'm just gonna project he's like you guys could hear me right and they did pull out a handheld as well but i think the the key from what you're talking about and what happened with him is you can see the level of professionalism because it's like you've done so many shows so you know this kind of thing can happen and it just doesn't phase you and you can then just adapt and now like you're saying have more preparation for when it happens again on what you're going to do and all those situations so it's just that flight time and seeing you know the 10,000 hours of even just like the small things that can go wrong and how to address it so i think that was great to see david uh, do that last night and then hearing you talk about your experience just seamlessly you know fixing that in the moment of live theater which I think is so fascinating yeah yeah that's what it's all about I mean I, I remember doing shows as a teenager and like the music not coming on and just kind of knowing that you got to just roll with it I remember there was a live band at this corporate event I performed at. I must have been 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and the music wouldn't play and uh I said, oh, maybe the band can fill in. I swear I can do this to Brown Eyed Girl because that was the last That's song funny. they had played. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's funny. I remember that one line that I you know, said as a kid, <laughs> but um, which, you know, it's an okay line, fine. But the whole point is to really just be in the moment and like not get frustrated with it. Kind of kind of expect things to go wrong because they will and do. And yeah, eventually. That's part of it. It's kind of just part of it. And it, it's why we love live theater. Right. Yeah. And I've said right. this before in the past is like live theater. Uh, you, you're expecting something 
to make that experience unique and, and live. Otherwise, you'd be watching a you know a recording on you know a movie of it, right? Yeah, no one's gonna walk away and go, "Oh, I could have watched it on YouTube." Right? No one. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, uh, it also reminds me of I I don't know if we've told this story, uh, but I saw Lance Burton perform. And one of the things there was like a an issue with one of his illusions backstage. Something wasn't quite right. So he was just in front of the curtain while the curtain was closed while they're doing a set change. And then the stage manager comes out and kind of like lets him know like we need some more time because whatever next illusion wasn't quite set up right or they had to fix it. And the way he just bantered with the stage manager, it felt like it was part of the show like no one right, in the audience right. knew anything was wrong they're like oh this is a weird just bit in the show where he talks yeah. and has a few jokes with the stage manager and again it's that pro level of knowing how to handle these things when they happen and not flipping out or freaking out that like oh no that something's happening in the show it's not going perfectly the way i expected it to go but to be like yeah this is what's happening now just accept it and the yeah, it doesn't know the difference. <laughs> Funny you should say that because someone actually yelled out, is this part of the show? Really? Yeah, <laughs> no it, it is true. Yeah, because it wasn't seamless. It was like when by the time you get to the third microphone <laughs> and it doesn't work, that's a great bit. <laughs> it's a gag at that point, yeah. <laughs> so I think you should have kept bringing microphones out and just been yeah, like, Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Do it as um, a runner throughout. It's like, well, right. we're gonna need another microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, when uh, we we have a great uh, sound sound guy, and uh, he he was new just like a month or two ago, and now he's really gotten his footing. But on his first couple nights, you know, he was still kind of working out the kinks and you know the timing of everything and volume levels and stuff like that. So I was uh, for like. The first couple of nights, I was tell- telling the audience he's brand new. Mm-hmm. It's his first night. He's the guy hiding in the back with the Vegas Golden Knights hat. Tell him he did a great job. And then, because anytime something would be like wrong, where the audience, like, like maybe we'd have a mm-hmm. microphone for an audience member and it wouldn't be on, I'd be like, well, it's Joaquin's first night. What are you gonna do? And yeah. everyone was telling him good job on the way out. He's like, Matt, you, you gotta stop doing this. I'm gonna be signing autographs on the way out, you know. But he was joking, obviously. You know, he enjoyed it, but um, he knew he passed his test when eventually I stopped saying he was new. Oh, funny, very funny. Because <laughs> there was nothing to call out anymore you know because we had a lot of fun with it 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 was really fun well i like that approach too because there there is a tendency especially with the newer performers to like if something in the tech world goes wrong of during the show just blaming the tech person but you Mm -hmm. did it in a way that you're raising him up and like making him special as opposed to like admonishing him and like doing anything like that but like right you know you could it's so easy to make a snide remark to be like oh you know so-and-so's first day on the job and make him sound (laughs) real bad about it but it's right you know you sounds like you did in a tone where it's like no everyone make him the superstar you know 100 percent. yeah exactly exactly but yeah it kind of it was great. It was really fun. But now he's really, uh, now he's doing a fantastic job. I can't even bust him up anymore. 
You know, and last night was all on me. Yeah, that's very <laughs> funny. Honestly, our team is so dialed in at this point. I'm, I'm usually just like slapping myself on the wrist for the mistakes I'm making at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, uh, like I, that, yep, just a note for myself on tonight. <laughs> no notes for anybody else, just me. That's funny. That's good. Yeah, well, I'm so. glad you got through it, and uh, now you're ready for next time when it happens. Yeah, and, and honestly, though, a huge thank you to our amazing team. You mentioned the mm-hmm. stage manager coming out and talking to Lance. And like last night, I had Marissa come out and um, bring a handheld out, but I also had her hold it for me because I needed to be hands-free right. for one moment. Yeah. So she's out there like holding the microphone for me. And uh, the uh, stage manager had the foresight to see, oh, well, she's going to miss her cue now because she's on stage. Right. So she can't br- be out there to bring out the next thing. So she calls down to, you know, kind of like a deck stage manager mm-hmm. um, to – basically do her track but also marissa's track oh funny yeah yeah yeah, to to cover for her like it's so amazing to have people that you know have that ability to sort of not just see what's going on on stage and be part of that timing and everything and calling the show but also understand what's going on backstage as well when things go awry ready for this one yeah lighting board crashed mid-show a couple nights ago what (laughs) Yeah, what's going on, crash. Matt, with your show, <laughs> dude? This is live theater. This is yeah. this is stuff that happens all the time in mm-hmm. different shows, you know. And it's always something. Uh, oftentimes, it's technology related, you know. And and ninety nine percent of the time, technology works, but sometimes it doesn't, right? So, right. Um, yeah, right at the end of card manipulation, the uh, the lighting board crashed, and we were just frozen in one queue. Oh, so, so the yeah, the lights couldn't change to the next. They couldn't change at all. Yeah. Um, so the stage manager on the deck there, uh, you know, comes out and tells me the lighting board crashed. This is yeah, I actually forgot about this until you mentioned Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think I go, yeah, I got that. Did you guys notice? <laughs> I figured <laughs> right? that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but we still have music, right? All right, I'm in a spotlight, so the magic continues. And you know, <laughs> I continued on with the next bit, lit. Yeah. And with sound. Mm-hmm. And then about maybe 90 seconds, you know, you got to restart the thing and then mm-hmm. it works. Uh, 90 seconds into the routine, we got our, you know, full visual package back. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so no big deal. You yeah. know, it's just one of those things that yeah. happens. Roll with the punches. Exactly. Yeah. So that's part of uh, it's part of the fun, man. It really is. Yeah, and I think it's it, the key is just how you handle it and what your demeanor is, and yeah, and uh, and still being aware that there's an audience and they're seeing a show. Right? Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. That's all it's about is the mm-hmm. audience seeing a show. Yeah, that's all it's about. And calling the elephant in the room because they're aware of it. You know, but that's again, again, that's why they're there. Yeah. no one's walking yeah. out going, yeah, could have watched that on YouTube. That's just not going to happen. I was at the show where Matt had to do the whole next routine in a spotlight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or 90 seconds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's so exciting when everything comes back on. Okay, let's give a hand to uh, mm-hmm. Mike on the on the lighting board, getting that refresh for us. We have the best team in the business, you know, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, great. That's great. You know. Yeah, I enjoy that, that stuff. Cool, um, man. I got to see a show, by the way. You saw a show? What? Yes. I'm usually the one seeing shows. I know. That's why I had to throw this at you. 
<laughs> so this is exciting because I haven't been. Well, you just went to an arena show. You just went to Elton John. I did. Yeah, I went to. Wait, you. I I see this coming up on the uh, our little docket, our little outline. You didn't see this performer. This isn't. You can't see this performer anymore. <laughs> oh well, okay. So on our show notes, I wrote Elvis has left the building because I don't like you to know what I'm going to talk about. I don't, so I, I don't know what this is. So I'm like, and now you're saying arena, and I'm like, you did not see Elvis in an arena, <laughs> <laughs> or did I? No way. That's possible. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, every time on my show notes, like usually you can't tell what it is by what I write. No, because I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. Yeah, I should probably take that same strategy, but... <laughs> you should, why not? Yeah. Um, no, the reason I did Elvis has left the building is because I had a show Friday night. Mm. So I had to do what I call an Elvis exit. Oh. Where okay. like, you know, the theater hasn't even emptied out yet and I'm already in a car. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I didn't want to miss the concert. So I haven't been to many shows at all lately and I haven't been to an arena certainly since the pandemic. Right. Started. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was really, really fun. Um, anyway, John Mayer was in town. Oh, John Mayer. That's the concert you saw. Not Elvis. Not Elvis. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just one of those things where it is it is kind of a, an adrenaline rush. You know, mm -hmm. you, you walk off stage and, and literally run out and exit. The car is already there. My brother pulled out in the car waiting for me to get me over there. Tiana went early. So she didn't want to miss anything. Right. So just in case I was running late, you know, she wanted to make sure she saw his whole set. Um, and he had an opener, so I was able to catch the whole thing too. Nice, which nice. was great. Um, but what a beautiful production! Where was it? What what arena? So this is at the MGM Garden Arena okay. at MGM. Great. And uh, have you been there? No. Okay. Uh, I've seen Journey there. I've seen I think Grateful Dead there. I've seen a few different things there. Anywho, production was fantastic and beautiful. He had a big video wall behind him, but it was actually a simplistic production all things considered for an arena show like for example if you saw say ariana grande it would be right. a very different production because it's all about costuming and automation and the stage goes out into the audience it's more of a pop show right whereas with john mayer it's kind of about the raw talent right exactly not to say that the pop shows aren't talented in just the same in their own way um but it was interesting how like you know he doesn't need a lot of bells and whistles mm -hmm. to do what he does just on stage, guitar, band, go. Yeah, like even his uh, like even his suit was like rumpled. I was like, oh, I guess no one steamed that, you know? <laughs> but again, it's not about, it's not about, that's what you expect from him. It's yeah. not about the, like I said, costuming. It's about, you know, where, where the money's really spent in a show like that. It's his band that's literally all stars. Everybody mm -hmm. is somebody, mm -hmm. you know, right. of the, all the musicians. But it was also my first time seeing a show like that since, um, Kind of knowing more about production. Oh, interesting. So what, so what was, kind of uh, insights did you have or notice production-wise? I just noticed everything in a different way than I ever had before. Just kind of like knowing what certain kind of lights are and noticing mm -hmm. when they revealed certain production elements in terms of the, the show design. Like maybe a few songs in, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Up above them, they had, I don't even know how to describe it, but there was a big set piece like hanging over their head mm -hmm. that they didn't choose to reveal until a few songs in. So um, just interesting to see how they do the lighting design and like how it sort of builds throughout the show so it doesn't become repetitive. Mm. You know, yeah, so that a lot, a whole lot of things I noticed, but that was just one of them. Now tying this into our conversation we've had the past couple of weeks of uh, uh, art and skill, 
Uh, mm. Especially since we were talking about music as an example of like taking in the song, but like John Mayer, a very talented guitarist. How much did you find yourself, you know, watching his moves? And also, you have some insight into guitar, so I'm sure you're probably paying more attention than you maybe just the average, uh, you know, music listener of yeah. of his. But like, how much were you watching, you know, his fingers on the neck of the guitar and his technique? And then did that take away from the the song and the art appreciation at all? Yeah, um, that's funny because our friend Jay mentioned that in the mm-hmm. in the email. I think we talked about it two weeks ago. Yeah, and Last I think one of the weeks, things yeah. one of the things he said was uh, he actually used John Mayer as an example. He said most people aren't watching Wait, his is, fingers. To was appreciate. that a uh, was that a prediction? Jay, I think it Jay, might have been. Jay made a prediction. About Unless it. I mentioned it on the podcast <laughs> yeah, that I was going. I may have actually said it. Anywho, because um, I was thinking, well, I do. I actually do watch the fingers, but that might be in the minority because there are certain moments where I'm going, oh, he finger picks that, but he's <laughs> still got the pick palmed, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. And then he switches to a pick when he goes into the solo, whatever. Um, but... He's got the pick I, and tenkai and then... Yeah, yeah tenkai. <laughs> <laughs> Finger palm, whatever. Um, so, like, when I read the email, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's true. I feel like I do watch the skill. However, when I was at the concert, I found myself getting just lost in the music. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah like, I found myself forgetting to pay attention mm-hmm. to the skill, and I found myself getting carried away in the music. So, now I kind of agree. Yeah, that's kind of the goal, <laughs> yeah. right? The- right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then if so. you want to, you know, narrow your focus, you can do that and be like, oh, I can, you know, want to see how he's doing this. But, you know, overall, I think the art should be taking you away from the analytical side of it. Yeah. His also like skill level on the guitar and his songwriting and everything is just so far off the charts for me to like be able to really comprehend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm just blown away at this point. I got nothing here. And, and <laughs> how know? like sad would it have been for, you know, someone like you're next to Tiana. She's enjoying the concert and be like, oh, he just changed from the mix Lydian mode over to the Lydian mode. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> I would like. <laughs> <laughs> if I was there, I'd be so upset. So yeah, it can detract from the experience if you're right, too right. analytical. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm glad I could use my music background to make that nerdy joke. <laughs> great, great references. Loved it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I went to some more shows. Uh, surprise, surprise. Right. I uh, I went to uh, Speakeasy Magic as an audience member this time. Um, okay. I was happened to be around. It was a lighter house just because it was like a Thursday, and there's um, you know it's it's selling out, believe me. But uh, you know sometimes they do private events. Sometimes you know it's a smaller um, need for magicians. So there was only six tables, so it made this cool intimate feel. Uh, but c- by contrast, I know for a fact that the weekend was like. 14 tables. <laughs> they had 14 oh, wow. magicians at the show. Uh, so, it, But it was nice because uh, I went with my um, my friend uh, who's here under the, uh, the, 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 the worst circumstances with this war going on in his country, you know, in the Ukraine. Or just Ukraine, excuse me. And uh, we went as a, a guest of the show and got to sit and watch. And uh, it was amazing for me. Well, it was good for my friend because he's never seen the show and I wanted him to experience this awesome magic show that's happening in New York. But it was good for me for someone who does the show from time to time 
uh, to see what the other performers are doing because you never get to see what the other performers are doing because you're so busy at each of your tables as you go. Um, so I got to watch five performances because that's still the same deal. Every night you come, you see five close-up performances with stage pieces intermixed between. But I did pull a little power move and I was like, we saw five out of the six. Is there any way? Can we stay a little later if our last performer doesn't mind doing an extra bonus set uh, for just our table? And he did. Uh, our, my friend Prakash was very happy to oblige. And we got to see all six performers. So I really got to see the whole experience. And it was just it's just so interesting to see how each performer approaches the table and their technique on how to work this real intimate environment. Uh, as opposed to what I'm doing, you know, on uh, with my set <laughs> and seeing another mentalist. They had another mentalist to see what he's doing. Uh, but I think one of the most effective strategies I saw was um, my friend Mark Calabrese uh, just starts the table by asking everyone there their names. And he goes through and he repeats them back to them. And then he closes the set by just going back around the table and saying thank you to each person by name. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And he just takes the time to do that out of his set, and it's very memorable because it's automatically making a connection. Now, Prakash mm -hmm. does something very interesting as well, where he immediately, as he sits down on his table, gets everyone to scooch their chairs in and lean in. So now he's created this, like, even smaller focused at the middle of the table and he's got anyone who would might may have been distracted which is can be a very distracting setting if they're on their phones or they're chatting having little side conversations they're immediately drawn in now and they can't hide you know off in the corners of the table uh because they have to focus so just seeing like little techniques like that and i, I was surprised at some of the other performers who like stand up to do some routines. It was like, I never mm -hmm. even thought to do that. I'm sitting at right. a table. So right. now I feel like I have like more tools in my tool bag of like, how do I approach these tables? How can I make this even more of a communal experience for everyone? Especially, you know, as a mind reading set that I do, I'm more dealing with one-on-one um, -on -one thoughts a lot of the time. So to get everyone involved all at once is a real challenge on how to do that. But if you can pull people in by using their names or even scooching their chairs or whatever, it feels like we're all in this together. And I think that was a really cool lesson to learn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had a blast. It was really good. Um, and uh, my friend really enjoyed the show. And uh, he, he got a he even got a shot shout out. And everyone was like, you know, very appreciative of things going on with him and happy he's here and safe. And yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a good time. Very fun. Yeah, you get to see it from the other side. Yeah, and you don't normally get to get that experience, right? Yeah, never. When you're performing, you're always on stage, so you don't get to see what the audience sees. <laughs> and the other yeah. performers were very nice, too, because they were like, we were kind of really appreciative that someone we know and trust watched our show. They were like asking me for notes and if I had any suggestions on their set because they don't get the feedback, <laughs> too, from someone in the know on you know what they could do to improve and they were all great i had very little notes at all for any of my friend mm -hmm. performers there um as well but uh i think that just shows too the power of why you know setting up a video camera for your show so you can replay yeah. the footage and actually know what the audience is seeing when it improves so much drastically because as an 
audience member yourself, you're thinking, oh, why did he do this? Why did he do that? And it's a different perspective, and it puts you in a place where you can actually tweak things and um, improve much drastically. Yeah. Much drastically? Much better. <laughs> yeah. Drastically, drastically better. There we Just go. Just drastically better. Yeah, that would be it. Sorry, any more coffee. <laughs> I'm gonna take a sip too because mm-hmm. I'm gonna prepare my brain. Yeah, is it that time? Or is it time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can jump right into diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, Matt. What spends all its time on the floor but never gets dirty? One what more time. All what? its time on the floor, but mm-hmm. never gets dirty. That's right. What spends all its time on the floor, but never gets dirty? Immediate thoughts. Mm. What are you thinking? Well, my immediate thoughts are incorrect. So <laughs> yeah, I, That's good. I hesitate to even say them out loud because I immediately kind of close the doors of those being options, like doormats or mm-hmm. mops or right. something maybe liquid. All um, things that definitely get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Something say it one more time. What spends all its time on the floor but never gets dirty? All its time on the floor but never gets dirty. Hmm. I'll try to start thinking of clues and hints. <laughs> yeah, right. Is this a hard one? It it can be. It's it's not going to be your first like instinct. Um Okay. It's a little outside the box. Which is what why we do these riddles. Spends all its time on the floor. Hmm. But never gets dirty. Mm-hmm. Most things on the floor are going to get dirty. I feel like this is not just like a physical, simple thing. I feel like there's some kind of like uh, I'll, I'll intangible. Say your, yeah. I'll say your instincts are right. Yeah. So, so the far. key words here could be. Time, and I wonder if that wording is important, spends all its time on the floor, as opposed to like what lives on the floor, what is on the floor. <laughs> spends all its time like like paying to be on the floor. <laughs> no. Right, right. No, no, no. <laughs> um, what spends all its time on the floor? I'm curious too about our listeners if they think they got it by now or not. Yeah, if they think yeah. it's so so difficult or like need clues themselves. So if you think you got it faster than Matt, I feel like that should be just an ongoing thing. Like write yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would gmail. love to know. Yeah. yeah. Mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you're like, oh, we we got that way faster than Matt. But be honest, all right? Yeah, yeah. Don't um, just say that to be like, I'm better than Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could say you're better than me. That's fine. But don't lie and say that you got it before me if you didn't. That's all. Transparency. Uh, I don't know. It's just full on giving up on this one, huh? Spends all its time on the floor but never gets dirty. Um, I got nothing. All right. So your your instincts were correct that it was like not a tangible thing. It's not a physical object. Okay. But it does spend its time on the floor because it has to. It only exists on the floor. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a floor. It could be the ground. It could be, you could be outside. It could be on a lawn. It could be on the beach. It could be on the sidewalk. 
I'll tell you what. It can't. It can only happen. Um, at it's mostly happens during the day. It can't happen at night. A little bit under certain conditions. Oh, is it like sunlight? Sunlight has to do with it. Okay. But what does sunlight oh, oh, create? Oh, is it a, is it a shadow? It is a shadow. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give you this first. <laughs> And then this for getting yeah, shadow. Tough, that was a tough one. It is very tough. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it does. It can only exist when it's cast. It can. I guess it could be on a wall if the angle is correct. But it's mostly coming yeah, from above. That's fair. From sunlight, and it doesn't get dirty. So let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. Pressure. Pressure, trivia, pressure, trivia time. That was a hard one, and I'm hoping you're not going to reciprocate with a hard trivia because I have not gotten the last few trivia questions right. So I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, of a losing streak right now. So I'm hoping I'm to break that. Giving you a chance to redeem yourself with art trivia once again. Ooh, okay. I do like art. How do you feel? Okay. Here, I'm just going to read it. English artist Andy Brown. Okay, I'm already lost. Go on. Yeah, I wanted to see your reaction to that. <laughs> Don't know. Andy artist. Brown's not ringing any bells? None. Okay, there are a couple other keywords that might jump mm-hmm. off the page. It's all right. English artist Andy Brown created a portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. Okay. Using what? Oh, geez. Um, the, the, the choices are fun. I can already tell, like, a lot of these portraits, and especially the way this is phrased already, like it's a it's weird materials. It's got to be weird, not just paint and paintbrushes and so forth. So I'm a, not gonna know this, but go on. <laughs> a tea bags. Mm-hmm. B fish bones. Mm-hmm. C socks. D bubble gum. Okay, those were much nicer choices than I was expecting because I know some weird out there art, like the ones that make the news <laughs> that use like. Real gross material sometimes. Sure. Um, it was gum, socks, fish, fish bones? bones, and, and tea, tea bags. bags. Mm. Not in that order. That was reverse order. Uh, but yeah, that was reverse. Okay, I've seen. I feel like I've seen like bubblegum portraits before. Um, fish bones seems gross. <laughs> socks could be fun. I just feel like. If if I was an artist and I was trying to um, make some sort of connection based off of who the portrait was of, like the Queen is British, tea time is a such a uh, thing associated with their culture. Um, so I'm gonna my guess is just tea bags. Let's see. Fantastic deductive reasoning. You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Great logic, though. Yeah, to use some sort of connection between, you know, you know, if it was a portrait of you, probably playing cards someone would try right, to make. You know? Right, right. It's so funny. <laughs> you had no clue, but and then at some point it just came to you. Yeah, well, I, I, you could have thrown me a curveball. <laughs> but, no, but that was yeah. amazing. All right. Uh, it's, uh, English Worked artist Andy Brown. Yeah, you did. Created a portrait of Queen Elizabeth II out of a thousand used and unused tea bags. 
I'm gonna have to look up what that looks like. Later. Yeah, same. After, after, that'll, so. Maybe that'll be the photo for the episode. Yeah, maybe we'll put that up as well. <laughs> but one, we'll, we'll hide it on Instagram. So until you know to swipe, <laughs> so there you, don't you ru- go. Yeah. Ruin the trivia segment. Oh right, right. Yeah, <laughs> true. Very cool. Um, Matt, I wanted to talk a little bit about deadlines because I had a show this weekend, an unusual show, and I realized because I knew it was coming up. I had a deadline. I had to come up with a new bit by a certain time, and it actually forced me to create something I was pretty proud of rather than all this other time spent on, um, you know, just like we're constantly working on new bits. It's kind of amorphous of when these need to get done by, like when I need to put them into the show to work on them. But having a clear deadline, like it, it allowed me to approach it with a goal in mind and to like, really have something tangible to put out in front of an audience at a certain time. So I'm mm-hmm. curious, do you, I realize for myself, for some of these bits that I've been working on that have just been taking a while, it's like, I just need to set a strong deadline for them to put them on stage. And then I think I'll get more work done leading up to it with a strong deadline. So I'm curious how you use deadlines. Do you use deadlines for any of the stuff you're working on? Even if it's not a hard deadline that has to be done by a certain, you know, show or date or project, but just like an arbitrary deadline you've imposed on yourself. Yeah, I think I used to do it more often than I do now. I think I used to be a little harder on myself, whereas like once the pandemic hit, I think I've gotten a little more loose and like lax in a good way. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think obviously deadlines a super effective tool and it's easy to forget, but like giving yourself a deadline to and sticking to it will in most cases really help you get something done, but you got to stick to it. You got to, it's almost easier if it's a deadline that's imposed on you. Yeah. Agreed. Cause I tried, I've tried to do that technique where I'm just like, I want to get this done, but because I know it's a flexible thing that I've put on myself, I'm like, "Eh, if I don't get to it, I can move that deadline back a little bit, you know? Right. (laughs) And so it's, it's got that variable. But then when I, you know, I knew I had a show coming up this Saturday. I was like, I need a new bit for it. I it's it's happening Saturday, so I can't move that deadline at all. Uh, there's no you know room for error. Um, I it, it forced me to become more creative, and that happened a lot. One of the reasons when I moved to New York and was doing classes with UCB and got involved in their sketch program, uh, what was great about that is you have to bring in a new sketch every week by class time, and yeah. it really forced me to write a lot more sketches to get to those deadlines. And I have tons of sketch ideas all the time, but it's like, I'll get to it. I'll write it out, right? It's having that that time. But, to, you know, like I almost want to sign up not to learn the techniques of the sketch class, which you'd probably learn as well, but just because I know there's a formal deadline every week that has to be done, you know? Right, right, yeah. It's helpful. It's It's really, you have to be really disciplined to like not have a formal deadline and still stick to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know from firsthand with our goal segment. <laughs> Sometimes I mean, that's just gone completely off the rails. <laughs> well, for one of us. Oh, come on. <laughs> but same idea. But that's why we originally imposed it was so that we had something we're constantly working on. But maybe if we add a deadline to some of our goals, we'll accomplish them. <laughs> well, we kind of do, right? We do. Well, we have a weekly yeah, deadline because we try to get it done by the next episode of the podcast. Well, we're so lenient on each other, though. Like, the right. whole idea was we'll say the goal and hold each other to it, which we do. But at the same time, we also, like, if, if, if one of us doesn't 
meet whatever deadline or goal we wanted, we go, all right, we'll keep it on for next week. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying we should we should be a little bit harder on ourselves. <laughs> no, because I don't want you to be any harder okay, on fair. me. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep the deadlines on the stuff that's really important that we need to get done. But yeah, look, it's, it's yeah. loosey-goosey. That's all. Loosey-goosey. It's, it's just... Uh, I, yeah, I, I wish I could even remember what my goal was this past week. We're not we'll get, there yet, but we'll I don't remember it, yeah. it. We'll get to it. Oh, I guess I could cheat and look at it. You could, yeah. It's written down here. But um, the uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you was what I came up with. So um, I performed on Saturday a Friends show. It's a comedy variety show. Um, they actually had changed the name. Uh, it used to be called The Shit Show, but then they found out a lot of people called their show that, and now have changed it to The Shame Show. Uh, now we have to call this episode explicit. Ah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the shame show, uh, they decided. My friends Florence and Paris do this, and they're they're doing it a monthly show again. Um, and they realize they talk about different shameful parts of you know, it's it's that whole artist burying themselves naked on stage kind of idea of like we're gonna just put it out there and find the funny in it. And talk about shameful things. And they had like a shame off with each other to try and see like who's done more shameful things. <laughs> it was a very funny show. And all the all the acts on the show were encouraged to try and incorporate the theme into their act. So a lot of stand-up comics, it was easy because people are just telling jokes about their lives. But as a mentalist, I was like, what am I going to do to incorporate shame into my act? Like what would you, if you were tasked with that, Matt, what would you have done? Well, how loose of a tie-in can it be? Like, can you, you sharing a story, basically, or it could be anything? Yeah, they they also in our prompt to the performers were like, if you can incorporate it, great. If not, just do whatever. <laughs> so, oh. so it was a little loosey goosey. But since every act I knew was probably gonna, since it was easy for stand-ups and you know musical acts to try and do something related, I was like, I'm gonna try and do it so I'm not the only one not incorporating the theme. So I did come up with something, but I'm just curious from your perspective, if you were tasked, you have to get something shame related into a magic piece. How would you do it? I I don't know that I would really incorporate it necessarily into the magic. My initial reaction is that I would probably put in a line or Mm -hmm. like some framework of the presentation, even if it was just really a sentence. It could just be one sentence at the top that sort of if it organically ties into what I'm doing, that's probably how I would address it rather than like actually really tailoring it um to like the magic itself right right what did you do i'm anxious to know yeah right (laughs) because it's an interesting task and for me i also was like a little wary on like how personal do you want to go and because it's a big ask to just have people share shameful or embarrassing things are they uh, comical in a show tried it they i mean I th- that's the intent that is the intent it's not just okay. a poor it is a comedy show so it's not just a you know we're we're here to you know kind of <laughs> reveal all and and get everyone down on themselves so i the way i approached it was like as a performer where are the moments where i felt shame and i created a piece around that idea similar like we we're talking at the beginning of the show of like when things go wrong now, normally we can do what you did and approach them in a nice way and figuring out, you know, how to fix a microphone. And it's not a big deal. But every once in a while as performers, you can't salvage something. And it's just right. that, you know, the embarrassment can set in and everything mm-hmm. like that. So that was my structure. And I came out and I talked about being a performer. And when things go wrong, um, this goes through my head. Like if I don't get to the end of a reveal and it doesn't go well, 
I just think of the phrase, what a shame, right? Because it's kind of what a shame for the audience because they don't get to experience what I had planned. But it's also like right. what a shame because there's nothing I could do to fix it, you know, when right. things go right. wrong. Now, uh, with mind reading, I said, you know, obviously there are misses that do happen and it's part of the job to kind of make sure that you don't know when those are happening. But sometimes there is nothing you can do. It's unavoidable that you don't get to a good conclusion you just kind of have to move on and it's different than like when a stand-up tells a joke and bombs because with magic or mind reading it's all a lot of process and if you right. don't get that payoff you've just wasted everyone's time right right yeah so, so hopefully the process was at least fun so yeah so i set up that premise and i say now that i've told you all this i really hope this does not happen tonight. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. I think yeah. that's a great tie-in. Yeah, I think it's a good tie-in. So then I went into the actual piece, and I'll, I'll explain the piece too because this is a, was just a one-off, which is something I'm probably not going to do. But there is a concept in this that I really like that I might reuse. So I was like, okay, even though the premise is you know a one-off, I can maybe pull something for another routine later on. And I was like, I'm glad I came up with this and had the deadline to do it, right? Because right. It's, it's another tool in my toolbox that I can maybe potentially use. So this is what happened. I show a pad of paper that's face down on a stool. I said, this is a prediction that I hope is going to come true in just a moment. Um, I need to um, borrow someone's calculator because we're going to create a number together as an audience based off embarrassing things that happened in your lives. Now, I'm not going to ask you all as an audience to share your story, but I want you all to think of something in your life and figure out what year it happened, how old you were, and on a scale from like one to nine, how embarrassing it was. Uh, and if you do want to share it, you're free to do so, but I'm not forcing you to share that exact moment. Okay. One to nine. That's an interesting scale. Uh, yes, because I was going to multiply these numbers, so I didn't want zero in there. Gotcha. <laughs> or, or it could be one to ten, but it's just yeah. easier to punch one number in. So anyway, sure. I went around the audience. I had um, someone punch in their um, their the year of their their incident or whatever their shameful moment was, and then I had to hit times, and then I gave it to someone else, and they had them punch in the how old they were when it happened, hit times, and then another person how uh from a scale from one to nine how embarrassing it was. Why don't you? This the one to nine is really bugging me. It does? Okay. Well, oh, my gosh. Two, I one to five. Yeah. I wonder, well, I wanted more options to make this more random of a number. Yeah, so nine is no one no That's sketch right there. No one does a scale from one to nine. Okay. One to ten. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really matter. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you I'm stuck on it. All right. Keep going. That's a note if I ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it is interesting. I want to talk about that later of, of, of creating something for one-offs, which is, doesn't really happen a lot in the magic world, right? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it does. Yes right? and no. Yes and yeah. no. But um, so once they do that, I have someone total it all up, the, mm -hmm. whatever the sum of – or the product, I guess, is the technical uh, term yes. when you multiply. Uh, Good catch. <laughs> and I have them read out the number, and I write it on a pad. And I go, great, this is the number we got together by sharing moments of our embarrassment, which I guess is sort of the, the point of this show is once you have an embarrassing thing that happens to you, if you share it out loud or hear other people's stories that went through similar things, it makes you feel a little less bad because you realize other people go through it as well, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the point of the show. And that was how I summed it up. So this is the number we got, and I'm holding it up. And then I pull the other prediction pad up and I show it does not match. 
the two numbers are wrong. And I'm just like, okay, that's the whole thing. We went through this big process and no payoff. So I guess, in a way, I did predict this correctly by setting up the premise that I knew this wasn't going to match. And I'm thinking, oh, I am a mind reader. I know what you're all thinking as well. You're all thinking that phrase, what a shame, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I think when something goes wrong. So I predicted that too. And we're going to leave it at that, just sit in that awkwardness, which I thought was pretty funny to like have that weird no payoff. Yeah, I love it. But then I say, no, I didn't know you all be thinking what a shame. And I do get a payoff because I flip the pads around and the numbers actually upside down are words that say the phrase what a shame on the two pads. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) It all comes together in a way. Uh, but sitting in that moment is that that feeling I wanted to create of just that awkwardness, right? That's great. <laughs> so that was just uh, you know putting that together in one show, and uh, and it was a it was a one off. I was happy with it. Um, if I did it again or had more practice time with it and in front of an audience, because I was literally debuting it in front of an audience because the stakes were pretty low. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, you know I probably would have like probably act tried to act better to really sell home that moment that like things went wrong because there's right. there's that magician's thing of the fake ending right when you're right. still in the back of your mind no you're gonna get to a successful conclu- conclusion right. and it's right. real your acting skills at that moment that sell it so i was like mm-hmm. all right if i were to do it again i'd really like feel it do the meisner technique or something yeah. right and really pull those feelings of embarrassment so that people get that uh emotion from it and then i'd probably change the scale from one to nine to one to ten because it bothers you so much <laughs> but having yes. another performer give me feedback on it you know it's like yeah it is a little weird but i justified it fine it doesn't yeah. really matter so yeah, yeah yeah that could even just be a personal thing i'm sure it's no big deal it's just yeah yeah, yeah to me yeah. it seems like to no, a lay I, person, that's like why. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I had reasons not to do it too. So. Yeah, no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. to five, like I would just think of like when you go to a restaurant and they give you the spicy scale. It's either one to five or one to ten, you know, yeah. or a pain scale yeah, at the yeah. doctor. It's never one to nine. Yeah. Well, one to nine can be just an embarrassing. Maybe that's the embarrassment scale. They maybe that's the uh, title of the episode on a scale of one to nine. <laughs> There, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I was thought was fascinating is obviously for television spots, you can create yeah. stuff for, you know, one offs, but or, or private events, corporate events, things like that. Yeah. Custom things. But most li- most of the time, magicians, I feel, or mind readers are creating routines that are going to be repeated over and over again and really polish it and make it, you know, as best as it can be. But well, in the old things. days, now everyone makes things for TikTok and Instagram. And if yeah. we're really talking real about this, I mean, there's a whole new shade of magic where it's done once and that's it, you know? Yeah, but I feel like they're pulling things that are just like small little pieces from a larger thing sometimes, right? Just yeah. to get get content out there. Uh, and then like also they can repeat it in a way with just a new presentation around it or like a new, you know veneer if you will and it kind of seems new uh for the social media side of things but i think for a stage show or a stage piece doing it in front of an audience like that's why i love having a foot in the comedy world and having that improv background because to me it feels like very often people won't create something just to throw it away as soon as it's done and uh right 
usually the the technique is to oh I did this piece now I'm gonna try and workshop it around as much as possible to really get it as you know clean and polished as it can be. Uh, and I just thought there was something so freeing of like I'm gonna try this once and if it's great this is great if it's not right. who cares I'm never gonna do right. it again. Right. So anyway. I had two things come that. to mind. Two yes. things came to mind. First, just real quick, because we're winding down here. But yeah. what? It, how do you feel about uh, magic that like only works for camera? In other words, like like I said, there's this whole new wave of the latest flap card or this or that that people do on Instagram or TikTok, and like Jeff McBride made a joke to me, and I and I don't mind saying it because I, I have a feeling he talks about this publicly in his lectures and so on. He was like, you know, there's a certain type of magic where it only works like he's like you know talking about how it only works for the camera he's like how would you ever do that for an audience he said have everyone line up single file and then all close one eye <laughs> right and like yeah. yeah you know there is some validity to it but at the same time it really has its ceiling i don't know it has uh, its limitations i should say yeah i think it depends on how you're presenting it if you're presenting it knowing it's just for your social media or whatever Mm. That is great, but if you're implying that you could also do it live at the same right. time, then it's a different story. And I think the audience is aware of the medium most of the time, but if you're blurring that line and just being like, I can, I don't know, for example, walk up a wall. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, then people are going to want to expect you to see it live when they see you live. Right, so, right. I think the smarter approach is if you are only doing things on your social media that are, I don't know, angly or only look good from a certain direction. And when you slightly speed it up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> See, this is why people think just people use camera tricks all the I know. time, right? I know, um, yeah. But I think if you're going to do that, it's a good idea to have something similar that you can do live. If it's got to be in the same vein. In the same vein. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. That's Otherwise, a good point. it's the too perfect effect too. If you're everything's so perfect online, then it's like, why would someone come to see you live if they right. could just watch those videos perfectly? Because your your perfect. lighting board might crash, because your audio <laughs> might fail, which is Anything why is people want to see that human error. <laughs> yeah, but as long yeah. as the magic works, hey, that's yeah. what we're there for, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, the other thing that came to mind is totally unrelated. Okay. And just really quick here, because we're winding sure. down, I know. Yeah. But um, really fun thing to do in Vegas. I'm not sure if you've done this or not. Mm. And they have a new location, so I'm fairly certain you haven't gone to the new one. Uh, yesterday, I went to the Pinball Hall of Fame. I've always wanted to go. I've never gone. It's so worth the visit. Is it? It's so... I mean, oh, you don't really love so pinball, great. right? I like pinball. Yeah, and they also have like the old school games, the Donkey Kong and this and that. They have like mm -hmm. old school video games as well. But they have like old pinball machines, the newest pinball machines. It's very, very cool. It's literally a hall of fame of pinball machines. And it's just a huge, basically like empty warehouse full of pinball machines. And it's so much fun. And there's no like cover charge or anything. It's old school. You, you, you put a dollar bill in the machine, you get actual quarters nice. and you put them in and you play. And that's the whole thing. It's not a bar. It's not a, it, it's, it, you go there for pinball. I love it. Did, did yeah. you have a favorite one? Ooh, like a favorite um, go-to. I don't have like a favorite one that I always go to or anything like that, but I did have ones that I I, I enjoyed almost every one I played. Um, believe it or not, I kind of like the Mandalorian one. That one was fun. I played that one. It's really oh, good. did you? Yeah, I, it's I, tough. 
I've just played that at some barcades and stuff I went to. I've been to a bunch of similar ideas. Like there was, I went to a wedding at a place called Fun Spot in New Hampshire that has a whole level of the classic arcade games and everything. And, and the, uh, the couple that was getting married, had, instead of a first dance, had a first game. And they played the, the cla- this is not pinball, but it's uh, the classic game Rampage with the monsters destroying the, the uh, buildings. And they're like, you know, the, they were the, the, the lizard and, the, and the, 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 the giant ape, you know, King Kong type ones. And I'm thinking the whole time, this is a three player game. How rude of it would be to put a quarter <laughs> in and start playing <laughs> during their first game uh, to be the wolf or whatever. But, uh, but uh, awesome. no, that was fun. Uh, I've been to the, the um, there's a museum in Rochester, like the Museum of Play. Where mm-hmm. they have all sorts of toys and games, they have the Toy Hall of Fame, but they have a pinball Hall of Fame there with old school, like even like old, like the first pinball machine that's like wooden. Yeah, they, like, yeah, yeah, we have those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so those are fascinating. So I, I think we should go next time I'm in Vegas. I'd love. Yeah, to Yeah, it is a fun outing. It's just like it's great. I love it there. I'm like, it's like a happy place for me. Um, I'm embarrassed though, because literally, like I guess you would call it forearms. My forearms, I can feel it. Like I'm sore from You're... playing pinball. Matt, that means they're getting old. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. The uh, yeah, I mean, just but you were hitting the paddles that hard. Apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just buttons, man. <laughs> I know. I was getting aggressive. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, let's wrap so. up. I think that's a good plan for next time in Vegas. And I will be in Vegas. They just announced, uh, here's a little plug, um, that I am going to be in town for Scoop Fest. We've had, uh, you know, we were guests on um, Matt and Mattingly's uh, Ice Cream Social, and they do a big uh, Scoop Fest every, or they haven't done it over the pandemic, but uh, this is the big return of Scoop Fest. And on their Friday night show, they just announced on their podcast, so I think it's fair for me to announce that me Carissa Hendricks as her character Lucy Darlin and Harrison Greenbaum will be performing on their Friday night show uh, coming up. So you can check out their, uh, if you want to attend Scoop Fest, uh, t- I think it's Hey Scoops. You can check out there uh, and come to Vegas and come. You got to let me know what time you're going on on that for, or that, what time that whole show is on Friday. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll keep you okay, posted. Cool. And hopefully maybe cool. you can do a drop by if, if yeah. you're able. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. Um, other plugs is I'm uh, hitting the road. You can check out my schedule I posted on Instagram where I'm going to be around a lot of colleges and private events, unfortunately, that aren't necessarily open to the public. But if you want me to perform for you uh, at your event, you can always reach me at ericdittleman.com. Matt, what about you? What do you got to plug? Come out come out and see the shows. We're actually uh, we're about to announce. You'll hear it here first. About to announce a our uh, continuation of dates going through the summer and part of the fall. So those will go on sale soon. Keep an eye out for that. But right now we're already on sale through the beginning of July. More dates to come at the Matt Franco Theater at the Link Hotel and Experience with our revamped show. And uh, and boy, you could be lucky fun. enough to maybe be in the audience when a mic doesn't work or the lightning board crashes. Anything is possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to reach us at mindovermagicpodcast.com. You could write us an email. Let us know how you did on the trivia or the uh, riddle, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just have topics or questions and I- ideas you want us to discuss, happy to do so. Uh, follow us on the socials at mindmagicpod. 
Is that it, Mal? We didn't do our goals. We talked about oh, goals. You thought we were going to forget, man. I was hoping. <laughs> I was purposely not mentioning it. Goals with or without a deadline. You were to refine one of the 12 dozen effects or routines uh, you were working on. And also, you wanted to keep running. Keep running going. You've been I love running. how you increased it. You said it was 12 dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> uh, haven't gotten to that, but I did, I did do a couple of runs this week. Okay, good. good but good, whatever good. I'm doing apparently is not enough because I got sore playing pinball. So <laughs> I got to get the exercise regimen a little more. Now, hardcore. for just one of those, uh, I'll say a dozen, <laughs> not 12 yeah. dozen, one of those dozens of effects you're working on, what if you put an arbitrary deadline? Do you think that'll help? Hmm. No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put one for next week. Maybe work on one of those. All right, I'll try to yeah? work on one. Okay, great. I'll try. I'm gonna try my best by next week. Perfect. That's your whole goal then for next week. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's love me. it. And you? Uh, I really wanted to read the Bob Odenkirk book, which I did. I finished it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend it, uh, especially. Uh, what I did is I took a kind of a comedy list of all his inspirations and made things of like a to watch list. So I'm mm-hmm. just gonna add that to my ever. <laughs> ever growing to watch list now of comedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of some especially some of the older uh, stuff there um, and then I didn't get to the Garrett Thomas lecture notes that I wanted to but it's going to be a quick read I can probably do that today uh, and then um, I'm still working on this graphic design idea for our podcast so I've got a couple fires in the in the uh, in the oven what no that's not how it works with the phrase um, I'm I not sure the, what phrase you were trying to say, actually. A couple irons in the fire? That's the phrase. Uh, is that a phrase? I think so. <laughs> Why would there be irons? Like um, like those long pokey irons. Oh, from, oh I thought you meant like an iron, like the one John Mayer didn't have. For his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> that was very funny. Um, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna do what Matt you do is uh, carry over my goals. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Sounds good. I'm holding you to it loosely. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, and, uh, you know, feel free if you're enjoying the episodes, uh, d- tell a friend. We're always trying to grow our listening base. and uh, But we would not be here without you. Well, we'd still be ch- chatting, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we so, wouldn't be recording it. We wouldn't be recording it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Over. 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 Are we still recording? Over!